Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome in LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Monday morning, February 20th. 2023 we've got 31 degrees in the capital city another day where that snow is going to be melted mercilessly by the sun 55 degrees we're looking out for a high another 50s and sunny tomorrow i don't know how much of this is going to be left by the time the sun gets through with it on tuesday and uh, and then we got that, and then we got a three day stretch: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the last gasp of winter. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, before we are back to fifties. After that, maybe a little bit of a system coming through Wednesday night. Have a more on that for you later. Got a good show for you today. Today is the day, Friday. Thank you for all of us, all of you, uh, for joining us on the selection show for Munch Madness fourteen. On Friday, Caleb just told me we had a record level of participation. Uh, it was crazy in here, especially in the last few minutes. And we have done it. We have completed the bracket. It is now official. I have got a printed out bracket in my hands. And we will unveil this one hour from right now, 710. We are going to make this available to the public. Uh, but it has been made, 64 teams. One last-minute change, we will explain, uh, at 7.10, then where we were when we left on Monday. But other than that, we have put this together. We have four regions, northwest, northeast, southwest, southeast, 16 teams each, seated 1 through 16. And I'll tell you what. Uh, maybe more uh, for 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 a seating situation that often gets some critique. More uh, more science, more history going into the seating than we've ever done, thanks to Caleb's analysis of the last two brackets. Uh, and Caleb's been looking back, and we sent a first draft, and Caleb said, "Hey." think maybe this team is seated too high. This restaurant is seated too high because of their performance in previous brackets. Maybe this one is too low. We made some adjustments, and we have come out with what I think is a uh, really good, really exciting bracket. And so we are going to reveal that to you at 710. Shortly after that, it will be available online for you, so you can go ahead and check it out yourself. Fill in your predictions, mark down the places that you haven't been to yet and you want to make sure and get to to go eat before you vote. Voting starts on March 1st, so you've got T-minus 10 days to figure out exactly who you're going to support in Munch Madness, who you're going to vote at. Take a look at those matchups, figure it out because the clock is ticking and the bracket will be out shortly. So we've got that. Uh, we'll have your morning drive, count down the five things people are talking about today. Uh, and uh, Dirk Chatlin is going to join us today uh, on the on the uh, week after he has announced his departure from the Omaha World Herald. He is still going to yeah. continue to uh, join us here on the show through basketball season, and he wouldn't want it any other way, I don't <laughs> think, than to come on here with me on a Monday after that kind of a win and another one of those kinds of a win for <laughs> Nebraska basketball. And just when I was about to 
protect my own emotions a couple weeks ago, uh, actually on that Saturday against Wisconsin when Nebraska got down by 17, and I, I was about to say to myself, I'm disconnecting from this game. I just don't think I can do this the rest of the year and watch these you know, these 15, 17, 20-point losses that I fear are going to come where the other team can't miss a three. Something flipped right when I was on the verge of that. And since that moment in that game, it's been complete magic for Nebraska basketball. And last night was the pinnacle of that at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That was apparently a, a great situation in that stadium yesterday. I did my part. Okay, I did my part. I had the option. I did not go to the game because it just so happens that since conference season has begun, I have attended three games. I've attended the Purdue game, the Northwestern game, the Illinois game. I've not attended any other games this conference season. Mark, we have pictures up on all of the doors not allowing Jack into the building. You know, that the... the First game you were talking about where they came back from uh, being down 17. That was the first game I watched, and I watched yesterday. Okay, so we know another thing. Okay, so So, I can't So so we're we're putting together all the things we have to do. I can't go to the games. Mark has to watch, and we'll just try and keep everything the same. And so, yes, I have now made this commitment. I am not going to show myself, even though I often have the option to do so. Uh, my family's disappointed, but look, it's for the state. That's what I say. That's what I say to my sad children when they say, Papa, could we go and watch the basketball contest today? No, you can't. We are sacrificing as a family for this state, for this fan base, for this team. And that sacrifice, once again, paid off in I, in just a, a crazy, delirious, I still can't believe... Sam Hoiberg made that steal. Oh my god! I, still, I have the sound from that. By I the way, still up in sports. can't believe that happened for so many reasons. Sam Hoiberg, the guy, the guy who was uh, the final guy off the bench situation in garbage time for all of the beginning of the year, the first two thirds of the season. You know, the guy where it's a 14-point it's a lead against Arkansas Pine Bluff or something, and you're like, get him a shot. Let him have a shot. It'll be fun. His dad is the coach. It'll be neat. Come on. get You know how it is. You know how it is. The yeah. kid's at the end of the bench at the end of a, a high school basketball game. Hey, bring, bring Joey in. Joey works so hard at practice every day, and he never gets a chance at the glory. Let's get it. And then the Joey shoots a three, and the whole place stands up and gets ready to go berserk, and all the starters on the bench get ready to go. That was Sam Hoiberg, two-thirds of this season. And now he has started games. He has been a huge contributor. He has had massive threes in uh two out of three weeks mm-hmm. maybe three out of three uh he has played great defense he has done all kinds of little things that have caused steals uh rebounds those sorts of things and then the ultimate signature play last night by stealing that ball taking it in for a layup and setting pinnacle bank arena off to give nebraska the win over a maryland team that just took it to purdue just a few days yeah, ago. They won by 14 yeah. against the number three team in the country. Up until that steal, 
my favorite Sam Hoiberg play of the game was not even the the last possession of uh, the of regulation where he played lockdown defense. It was earlier in the game in the first half when he had a wide open lane and two Maryland guys that are both at least six 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 seven, and then their other big dude. You saw their eyes get massive, and Sam Hoiberg made a business business decision. Just handed it off to, to Derek Walker. <laughs> Derek Walker got the layup, and Sam's like, yeah, I got an assist. And that ball did not go 10 rows into the crowd. <laughs> so so here's the situation now. Three games left in the regular season, two at home. They get a week off, which I don't know if you want a week off right now, given how hot they've well, been. Well, I think you want to get Blaze a little bit healthy. Some guys yeah. have been a little bit banged it's up. Sure, they probably. That's easy for me to say <laughs> that you don't want a week off when you've been through the physical rigors of a Big Ten season. They're probably going to be glad for that. Derek Walker, I'm sure, will be glad for that, as you said, Blaze Cata. Uh, so they're going to get some days off. They'll play against Saturday once again at Pinnacle Bank Arena against Minnesota, and then another home game Tuesday night on senior night, uh, a week from Tuesday that would be, against Michigan State to finish up the home portion of the regular season, and then at Iowa to finish off. If Nebraska, in those final three games, if they could win both home games or any other combination that gets them to 2-1, and one, guys, it looks pretty decent for going to the NIT at this point. And I get it. It's the NIT. This is not the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, it's it, it. But given where this season was and given how many of us said at the outset, this is a year where you need postseason play, and it looked like that ship had sailed, that would be something I think that would be, I think that would be pretty exciting mm-hmm. still for the program. Yes, absolutely. If you're realistic about where they have been. So, I mean, two and one, and you guarantee a winning season this year. Mm-hmm. Two and one, you guarantee a winning season. So protect the vault. I'm not going to come. Win two games <laughs> at PBA, and then let's keep playing into March. Now, just going to say it, win three games. And bubble talk starts. And then you you perform in Chicago at least a little bit, and then... Things might start getting really interesting. Okay, that's t- that's going to take a lot. There's going to be a lot that needs to happen, including winning at Iowa, winning against Michigan State, having both of those happen, mm-hmm. and probably getting at least a win or two, probably two in Chicago. But it feels like this team could do it right now. Well, if you if you win out the regular season and you get one in Chicago. That would mean you would have won eight of your last ten games to close out the year. Right. You would have put together a winning streak of seven in a row at one point in there. So you you add all those things up, and you're at 18 wins, and you've got a few quad one wins. You got a neutral site victory in the conference tournament. You want you would have won at Iowa. You add all those things up, and yes, being at there, you would be at 18 wins. That looks really good for a committee. 500 in the conference as well. That's the mm-hmm. that's the other thing. And man, I hate to do this, but you know <laughs> what I'm going to say. We're actually in the place where we can have that conversation, though. Yeah. And man, I I hate to do this too, but boy, that Purdue win that <laughs> that that uh, what looked like a win against Purdue, where a phantom foul was called that 
essentially cost Nebraska that game. That looms larger and larger and larger. But nonetheless, we're going to concentrate on the on the celebration right now. So congratulations to Nebraska basketball. There and were a we, couple of missed calls in yeah, last night's game. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, and Nebraska did, I thought, got the benefit of the doubt on a few too uh, down the oh, stretch. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, there was there was. I, that one, that one kind of, I think, went went both ways. But nonetheless, Nebraska wins, and uh, we look forward to carrying their game next Saturday against Minnesota. That will be a 2.30 tip-off. Uh, we'll have tickets to give away to that later this week, so you're going to want to win those. Um, real quick, back to the weather, Mark. I'm taking a look at uh, National Weather Service Omaha. It looks like they're looking at a winter storm Wednesday to Thursday. As it stands right now, though, it is looking like this is a... This is a just north of Lincoln event. Right. We're expecting uh, rain on uh, Wednesday afternoon, about 40, and then it'll get down to close to 10 Wednesday night. So there'll be a changeover to a mix and then uh, snow. But precip totals are going to be light for our area unless Unless this thing shift. Unless this shifts. Now, there is a winter storm watch out for northeastern uh nebraska uh wednesday night into thursday actually gets underway uh tomorrow out in the panhandle okay so if if you're traveling especially that way you're going to want to check uh and and oh and cold and your not so favorite wind yeah two days of this though i can handle i uh, i mean like i said earlier it looks like you know get through thursday and friday um, uh, Wednesday's late, be, late Wednesday, thir- yeah, Wednesday, well, Thursday, Friday. Uh, get through those, and then all of a sudden you're back Saturday, back in the 50s and, yeah. and sunny skies. Wednesday, and, Wednesday's not going to be very comfortable. We got uh, 40 for a high, 50 percent chance of rain, and 25 mile an hour yeah. winds. That's yeah. going to be like I said, though, short, temporary, and like the clip you played from Doctor Dewey. Looks like that first week of March is really going to feel spring like. So if we can power through a few more days. Power through this week, get through some nice days today and tomorrow, three rough, roughish days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then back to the sunshine on Saturday. Uh, we'll be we'll be getting close to home free on this thing, with the caveat that could always get the state basketball snowstorm, because that's always seems to be in play. Uh, Mark, what else uh, do we need well, to hit this not, morning? Not a lot of news, but uh, kind of a, a, a really good story that made national news. It's a... Lincoln story and uh, involves a couple of friends of uh, of yours and and LNK today. Uh, Nick down at Muchachos, Malachi Coleman. They uh, Malachi was the subject of a CBS News national report on Friday. Yeah, he, uh, uh, Steve Hartman's on the road. That was cool. I uh, had a chance to to watch this on Friday night. It was posted on social media. I didn't get to see it live, uh, but. Yeah, it was it was cool. Got got shots of he and his family, uh, who who I've been close to over the years, as he's been a teammate of my my sons. Uh, lots of shots from uh, my alma mater there, Lincoln East High School, during it. And uh, yeah, a cool cool deal on uh, how Malachi and and he's partnered with Muchachos, who by the way is in the field, former oh. Munch Madness champion, uh, to to give back. And yeah, it was a really cool. Really cool little story there to get some some uh, Lincoln flavor, some Lincoln East flavor there on the CBS Evening News. So yep. yeah, that was very cool, very nice. Um, so, so yeah, that that that's about it. Yeah. Uh, although I, I guess really surprising news today, uh, President's Day, uh, President Biden snuck out of D.C. a day early. 
I was supposed to leave tonight for Poland, but left yesterday in a quiet group and ended up in Kiev. Yeah. And has already left there and is now back in Warsaw. Yeah. And we yeah. also heard on uh, just before President's Day that former President Jimmy Carter uh, now on hospice care. Yeah, he's. Uh, it does look like oh. this is probably the final days of President Carter, and he's oh. he's uh, overcome some health issues oh, yeah. repeatedly uh, at his uh, at his life. But he, uh, yeah, it looks like that is going to be uh, something that will be in the news and something that the nation will be observing here. Yeah, on, on President's Day. That's right, and and it is President's it is Day. It's a federal holiday. The, yeah, the kids home from school today. And everybody's tomorrow. home. Yeah, and ev- everybody's home except me uh, this morning. So, so what are Caleb and I? Chops, chop liver. Well, everybody in my in my home. I'm, I guess. Okay. Yeah, not, I'm sure there's there's plenty of people going out to work today, but uh, it is President's Day. So happy President's Day to you and yours. All right, we will grab a oh, break the, in the yes. ag news this morning. Got yeah. a quick uh, ag news. Uh, I'll bet you didn't know that you know, when a pig loses its voice, it's disgruntled. <laughs> well, at least it doesn't make it hoarse. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right, Caleb's got sports here coming up, including you want to know what Kent, if you missed it, you want to know how Kent called it when uh, Sam Hoiberg got that steal? I I do. I haven't heard it. It's bonkers. I can imagine. <laughs> got it! 625. That's my <laughs> guess of what it's something like that. 625. It's can you Kent. do that with an accent? <laughs> No, I can't. What it? I don't know what that was supposed to be. All right, you're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. And we are packed on the sound off today, but just one more quick reminder. You are now just over a half hour away from hearing the unveiling of the 2023 Munch Madness, the 14th iteration of it, Munch Madness bracket. We will put it out. We've uh, placed everyone in the bracket, seeded them 1 to 16 times four regions. So we'll break down who made the field, where they're seated, who they're matching up with. What region that they are in, and maybe start to uh, start to break down what we think is going to happen here with the uh, which with the matchups. And uh, again, shout out to Caleb uh, helping out the seeding process this year. I was just looking through some of the historical data that Caleb has put together, and I think our seeds our seeds are as accurate as they've ever been. Yeah, just in terms of gauging who is more likely to win based on 
history in this competition, based on name recognition, based on kind of just knowing who's aware of and who likes what in an online competition. And so I'm going to guess this year is going to be a little more chalky than other years because our seeding is better. But we'll see. We'll, I, this is not the year 16 comes through and wins it. We had that last year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We will see. Can, yes. A lot of folks uh a lot of folks liked a couple of these on here. That's true. That is true. Uh by the way, nomination process is over. Please. Soresco. Soresco. <laughs> we asked you to call off the dogs at about seven oh five Friday morning. It is now Monday at six thirty-eight. I was still getting texts yesterday about it. Well, please tell if <laughs> if you know anyone in Soresco, you're in the field. Please, you've been in the field for a long time. You were one of the first restaurants in the field. Okay, um, the legendary Red Rooster. They're in. Okay, been in a long. We don't need any more texts now. Wait until next Wednesday. Uh, and I'm not sure what day they're going to go, but uh, at the earliest next Wednesday and make your votes for yeah. the place you would like to see. No more nominations, please. <laughs> All right, let's get into the sound off. As Mark mentioned, a surprise visit is this international story of this morning. Uh, President Joe Biden was going to Poland, was asked several times if he would consider making a stop in Ukraine. The answer was no, uh, but a trip to Kiev did materialize, and of course they kept it quiet because of uh, concerns, obviously, about security. And so let's hear a little bit about what happened. The U.S. president is not the first foreign leader to visit Ukraine since the war began, but no other politician brings such significance. President Biden's first trip to Kiev comes just days before the first anniversary of the invasion. And with billions of dollars of military aid already in the can, he says another huge tranche of support will be announced tomorrow. The president told journalists American commitment to Ukraine is unwavering and unflagging. President Zelensky calling the visit an extremely important sign for all Ukrainians. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All right, a little bit of the audio. Um, the, the Biden did have a, a, a short statement, made some, I mean, as public as they can be there with a very small press corps around him and a secret trip, but did make some some comments there in addition to his private meetings. Here's, here's a little bit of what he said. One year later, Kiev stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you, and the world stands with you. And a little bit more talking about Putin. He thought he could outlast us. I don't think he's thinking that right now. God knows what he's thinking, but I don't think he's thinking that. But he's just been plain wrong. All right, so... There you go. And and now that we are uh, roughly a year since this whole thing began, I have wondered this, and maybe you have too, how does this exactly end? It seems like just an absolute war of attrition where it is just is taking tens of thousands of lives on each side of this thing. If you look at some of the estimates of casualties that have come along with this on both sides, it is just absolutely massive. And yet... You don't have a feel like this thing is close to done in any way. And so you wonder, how how does this eventually end? 
And perhaps there is some level of diplomacy that is going to need to go into that. The United States says it continues to have bipartisan support from Congress to keep providing Ukraine with defenses against Russian troops. However, it may be diplomacy that ends the war. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on Fox News Sunday says the U.S. has no role there. President Zelensky, as the commander in chief, gets to determine if and when he's ready to sit down and negotiate with Mr. Putin and under what circumstances. What we're focused on is making sure that he has all the tools to succeed on the battlefield. Kirby says air defenses are what the Ukrainians desire most now to defend their people and territory. Gernal Scott, Fox News. And if that conflict wasn't enough for the world right now, you've also got in another theater, North Korea, again, doing some saber saber rattling. North Korea fired two short-range missiles into the Eastern Sea on Monday after a surprise intercontinental missile test on Saturday. Pyongyang has been threatening a stronger-than-ever response to military drills by the United States and South Korea. Neighbor Japan wants the UN Security Council to meet as soon as possible. But even if it does meet, the council may not take action. Last year, China and Russia blocked a US-led attempt to hit North Korea with more sanctions. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All right. And uh, firing those those missiles uh, into, into the sea, but in areas uh, nearby Japan, in the Japanese economic zone, those sorts of things. And so that is part of the reason why those are getting a lot of attention from around the world as well. Um, uh, we, uh, Mark mentioned this at the outset. Uh, it looks like President Jimmy Carter is coming to his final days, put in hospice care uh, on this President's Day. The Carter Center says the former president is moving to home hospice care with the full support of his medical staff and his family. The family asking the public for privacy, but also thanking the public for the outpouring of support and concern. Carter's grandson, Jason, a former Georgia state senator, tweeted Saturday, I saw both of my grandparents yesterday. They are at peace, and as always, their home is full of love. And this afternoon, President Biden tweeted to Jimmy and Rose Carter, we admire you for the strength and humility you have shown in difficult times. May you continue your journey with grace and dignity, and God grant you peace. Jimmy Carter was born in 1924, October of 1924. So do the math, 98 years of age. Uh, getting close to, to making it to 100, um, and Rosalind. Uh, of course, still alive, too. Mm. And so uh, living a, a very long life and a busy life after his political career was over as well. So. And, and you think about over the course of the years when you would have these large events and you would see former presidents get together, like it's it's never a whole lot of them. Right. You know, because when you have folks that are typically elected in their later years, now, yes, yeah, so Obama was in was in his forties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there you expect to have a, a longer post political career. But for a lot of folks, they they were elected already at the tail end of what those careers would have been had they not even been elected president. Right, right. And then to see someone continue on all the work he's done with Habitat yeah. for Humanity, as busy as he's stayed, he was done in nineteen eighty one. With the political career, he, with the elected office part of his political career. He was done nine years Ronald before Reagan I, beat him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nineteen eighty one president, seventy seven to eighty one. And that uh that would make 
assuming he does uh, pass on, that would make Bill Clinton the oldest remaining, or the, I guess, uh, not necessarily the oldest, but the the furthest back president still surviving. Mm-hmm. Because we lost George H.W. Bush a while. Obviously, Reagan has, has yeah. passed as well. So you went Carter, you went to Reagan, to H.W. Bush, to Clinton. Uh, and he would be the next one yeah. in that line. But it, especially when you go back to since Clinton and then uh, Trump lost his reelection. But before that, you were stacking eight year, eight year yeah. presidencies. Yeah. So, yeah. So you'll, you'll have uh, Clinton alive, George W. Bush alive, uh, Obama alive, Trump, Biden. Mm-hmm. Five. Uh, that would be five. Carter would be the, the sixth surviving president right now so um probably something that's going to be a big part of the the news cycle obviously for Mm -hmm. the the rest of this week and and potentially a a big gathering to celebrate his life coming up as well uh all right let's get into some of the other things speaking of presidents president's day here so some presidential news or at least those running for president uh nikki haley you know what state she's going to. They didn't change up the Republican primary orders, and so our friends to the east, yeah, they're going to get those Republicans there once we start figuring out who they are, spending a lot of time in the Hawkeye State. Nikki Haley, the Republican former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor, heads to Iowa today and will spend much of the week there meeting with local GOP leaders who she'll need if she wants to win delegates at the eventual Iowa Republican caucuses early next year. Iowa famously has enjoyed a first-in-the-nation standing for presidential nominating contests. This cycle, however, only the Republicans will campaign first in Iowa. Democrats decided to hold their first contest in South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state. Eben Brown, Fox News. Everyone is just excited to get to the Iowa State Fair and vote for their favorite Republican with a kernel of corn. There we go. That'll be uh, that'll be the big deal. Whoever is uh, in the field by August will be, I'm sure, spending a lot of time at that Iowa State. By the way, that I will say this: it's 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 easy to make fun of Iowa for their their first of the nation stuff and how dumb the caucuses look at the state fair. When they have their people go and they'll start doing stump speeches and they just walk with their whole posse through the fairgrounds, and they just get up and start talking. I'm like, there are a lot of national people here doing just talks <laughs> out amongst people. Yep. It, it is very interesting to, to go see that environment in action. Now, speaking of candidates in uh, that are going to be vying for that Republican nomination, there, there's been some questions about how the Republicans are going to do debates this time around, whether they'll happen, who will be in them as well. And they've now established a, I guess, hard and fast rule about what it will take to qualify for those debates. You essentially have to make a certain commitment to get on that debate stage. No pledge, no debate. Republican presidential candidates will not be allowed on a debate stage this summer if they do not sign a pledge to support the GOP's ultimate presidential nominee. That's according to draft language set to be adopted when the Republican National Committee meets next week. But that could set up a potential clash with former President Donald Trump, who's raised the possibility of leaving the Republican Party and launching an independent candidacy if he does not win the GOP nomination outright. Right, Paul Stevens, Fox News. Okay, good luck with that, so, guys. Okay, so they could, that could go two ways. The way that they the way that they talked about it was not necessarily the first way that I thought of it. But if Trump 
is saying that he will, you know, or if he is in his mind that he is going to run as an independent, mm-hmm. which would which would completely completely screw whoever the Republican candidate is. I mean, let's let's be honest about that. But if he would decide that, would that preclude him from signing one of these uh, one of these deals? Or frankly, I mean, sorry, you have to ask this though. He's going to sign it anyway to get on stage, right? No matter what his plan is, exactly, I would think, probably. Um, and then the other side of that coin is what about some of the more centrist options in the Republican Party? I don't know if centrist is the right word. The political spectrum on policy doesn't mean anything anymore. Sorry. Some of the people who oppose Trump, um, you know, Larry Hogan, uh, Chris Christie, uh, maybe wouldn't be people who would jump on Trump if he won the thing. There's probably some other names out there that would would be that way as well. If they're unwilling to make that commitment to vote in case that it's Trump, do they not get on the stage? Um, and how binding will these commitments be? Because being on that stage yeah. seems pretty important, I would think, in that, winning this. That's thing. the part. I yeah. How binding is it? Is it okay? You are censured by the party if you don't support the nominee what right. what is that even that doesn't do anything right yeah and i mean i i just i just don't think it's that much of a stretch of imagination where trump would say yeah i'll agree to support it and then say circumstances changed uh and i'm going to run as an independent or i'm not going to support right. you know whatever it's uh, it's not hard to imagine that actually happening so we'll see if uh people are willing to do that and that of course is still that's that's a little ways away, but not long, not far away. I would guess. I suppose this summer they might start doing that. I mean, the the last time you had you were going into an open primary where you didn't have the incumbent for the position, Republicans had right. like fifteen people on a debate stage. Yes. So yeah. I mean, yes, you got to find a way to to make it so there there are some hard and fast rules on how to qualify for for those debates, but. If you yeah. just, if, I don't know. So, I, I think the the pledge part that's not going to hold any water. I'm looking at the schedule for 2015. Um, during the year 2015 for the 2016 election, the first debate was August 6th, 2015. Uh, that, by the way, I think that was the uh, the Megyn Kelly one. Oh, the, yeah, I think that was the Megyn Kelly one. Look at these names that are in here: Jet Bush, Carson. Here's all who was in that first debate: Bush. Carson, Christie, Cruz, Fiorina, remember Carly Fiorina, Gilmore, Graham, Huckabee, Jindal, Bobby Jindal, I forgot, uh, Kasich, Pataki, Paul, mm-hmm. Perry, Rick Perry, Texas, and Rubio. All of those were, they were all in that uh, that first debate. Was Jeb Bush going? And there were to, two debates. There was a secondary and a primary. Was Jeb Bush going to win that that nominee without Donald Trump entering the race? He was the. I mean, you at that point you went into that one, and he was kind of the the thought that he was the favorite, but that became less and less so as you went forward right. on this thing. Uh, all right, let's see. Got any more of the? Oh, I want to get uh, some UFO news in. Yes, got some. So this is here. We go, guys. I mean, may, maybe this is maybe this is just reality about this whole thing, but it turns out uh, they're not really able to get to the debris of those 
UFOs. Those three. The Alaska, the Yukon, and Lake Huron. And, you know... May never may never just know what happened with those things, apparently. Just take, just take a listen. U.S. officials have recommended calling off the search. The terrain, the weather has been really tough in those locations. According to a joint statement by NORAD and the U.S. Northern Command, they say that they have used both surface sensors and airborne imagery to try to locate the debris of the unknown objects to no avail. The ones they were looking for were over Dead Horse, Alaska, and then Lake Huron. The statement adds that Canadian officials have also not been able to find that third object that was shot down by U.S. military jets over there their airspace. But those three that were shot down, they were done so swiftly, unlike the suspected Chinese spy balloon. But could one of the smaller objects have belonged to an amateur balloon club? One out of Illinois reported a device that had gone missing. High-altitude balloon hobbyists in northern Illinois. Are we, ju- are we just going to Oh, sure. Can't, can't find the remnants of either of the three. Sure. Got it. Okay. All right. Our explosives were so good, nothing is left. Well, that's not even what they're saying. They're just saying the weather's too bad. And I'm sure the weather this time of year in Alaska and the Yukon isn't great. But uh, I feel like we should still have the capability of finding these things. Okay, and, and here's the other, like... What? <laughs> what? I'm not in that room creating protocol, but when you send out your jets to go intercept these unidentified objects and you go yep we're we're going to shoot them down is there not a secondary response to that where you send out helicopters or a ground crew that you're immediately yeah. saying we're getting to this area so as soon as like right. we want to have eyes on it one would think and you should be able to pinpoint exactly where it is do we not have it's the technology like, you should, i mean you know where the you i Assume you know where the fighter jet was when it shot it down. You know how the wind was blowing at that time. All of those things were factored into this whole mission. Really? All three of them? Just said, eh, can't get them. Too snowy. You know what happened? Really? You know what happened? They shot them down. They did have their response crews get there. And they found aliens. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Uh, All right. We'll take a break. It's 655. uh, 31 degrees in the capital city. 15 minutes away from the unveiling of the Munch Madness Bracket. Stick around. You do not want to miss it. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hot off the presses. Well, actually, I printed this out. Caleb printed this out about an hour and a half ago. They, so they've cooled since they not, came off the presses. It's not that hot yeah. anymore. But the not subject fi- matter is not physically hot, <laughs> but proverbially hot. That is the Munch Madness bracket in my hand. I will go region by region and let you know what the matchups are, what the seedings are. Uh, what the likely outcomes are, at least that we think. We'll give you a little bit of analysis on that, and you will shortly be able to print out your own bracket for your own reference. Put it up there on the fridge at home. Uh, circle the places that you want to go out to and try. Try a new place. Support local businesses. That's what this thing is all about. Again, it's all about getting you unreasonably hungry <laughs> for something you wouldn't normally eat at 7.15 in the morning. And that's what we're going to try and do over the next month 
plus and hopefully get you and us to be going out and trying a whole bunch of these restaurants and put them in your regular rotation and support these really great small local businesses uh, in the restaurant industry and and uh, keep linking a really good food town. So that's what we're going to do with this whole thing. We're very excited. Much about Madness uh, 14 presented by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. Thank you, University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union, for being our sponsor once again on this. All right, we got 31 degrees in the capital city on our way to Ohio, 55. It is 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O Morning radio for the entire capital city This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends On the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN Well, it's been... Over a decade that we've been doing this, pairing up restaurants per your input in a March Madness style bracket, and we call it Munch Madness, and we have some fun over the course of late February and into March where we match these restaurants up, we fill out our brackets, we see who is popular that year. Right, We always learn about new restaurants in town, maybe not even new restaurants in town, places we just didn't know about. We've got Cinderella stories. We've got upsets. Uh, we got a whole lot of fun. we got a whole lot of people getting hungry, and we're going to do it again this year. Thank you to everybody who participated in Friday's selection show. Here's what we did. We took your input on Friday. We asked you to contact us and let us know. What restaurants in town you like? What local restaurants that you like? Okay. And we tried our best to have a uh, an accurate read on who got the most mentions, which restaurants got the most mentions, and it changes year to year. There, there sometimes it's just kind of a snapshot on that day. There are restaurants that get in the field in that top 64 have a run, and then another year, just not on the top of mind for whatever reason. And so we fully acknowledge this is not an exhaustive list of the 64 best restaurants in Lincoln. It is a snapshot on that Friday of who people that were listening to our show were in the mood for, who they liked, who got the vote out, and that's what this is. We then got it to 64 And then we put them into geographic brackets as best we could. Now, it's not completely perfect, but we're pretty close on that whole thing. And then we uh, seed them according to perceived strength in this field. Again, I did not rank these 1 through 16 on who I thought was the best restaurant. I ranked them based on 
who I thought would likely win a KLIN vote between these two restaurants. And for that, I used previous results. Uh, we use sort of perception of name recognition, which is important. Longevity goes into that as well. And we put that all in and we get our best sort of estimation on what the seatings are. And so that's what those are. Those are not, if there's a restaurant that is a really good one, that's a 10 seed. It's not that we don't think it's a really, really good restaurant. We just think, well, it may not have as it, you know, sometimes there's some populism that goes into those votes and that might make it harder for them to win, but it doesn't mean they can't a 16 seed one last year. So. And a five seed one the year before that a five seed one the year before that. So with all of that said, because we're going to get a lot of that response today, let's unveil this year's bracket. And first, a big thank you to University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union for being our sponsor and making a bunch of this possible. Thank you to them for partnering up. I know they're going to have their brackets out today at University of Nebraska FCU. All right. So here we go. Let's start like they do with the NCAA tournament by going with the four regions and the top seeds. Yes. So we're going to start in the top left-hand side of your bracket, the northwest, the northwest side of town, your one seat in the northwest, Laszlo's Brewery and Grill. Laszlo's has had some runs in Munch Madness. They've got as impressive a resume for anyone who has not won the whole thing. That's Okay, and that's what got them to be a one seed, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Once in the Final Fork, once in the Eat Eight. Yep. Yep. like what six wins over the last two years in this thing? Yeah, they have in in 2021 they lost to HF Crave in the final fork. That's who ended up runner up last year. Lost to Hell Yeah in the Eat Eight. That's who ended up runner up. Could this be the year for Laszlo? They've been right there. Number one seed in the Southwest champion from two years ago, Muchachos. Mm-hmm. 2021 champion or champion as a five seed last year as a one they end up making the final fork they fell to hell yeah and when you assess muchacho's strength huge social media game. social media huge social media game and they've proven in this bracket before they absolutely deserve that one seed in the northeast your one seed isles pub and pizza Made a final fork run last year in uh, 2021, fell to HF Crave, who made a run into the championship. So they, they faced some tough competition, and they, again, an impressive resume for someone who hasn't won it. Also, their one seat is based not only on their previous success in this tournament, but also longevity, reputation, name recognition, and a passionate neighborhood around them gets that them a one seed in the final one seed in the southeast well they won it last year and this is really all it's based on but they did win it last year incredibly impressively and so we bumped them up to a top seed congratulations norms on 48th you are no longer cinderella you have gone from the hunter to the hunt end. Absolutely. Number one there. So Laszlo's, Muchachos, Isles, and Norms, those are your four one seeds in the Munch Madness 14 bracket. We take you out to the Northwest bracket to run the entire thing. As we said, Laszlo's the one seed there. They will take on first-time Munch Madness competitor and new restaurant Fleetwood, the 16th seed. Fleetwood, new in the downtown area. Uh, Robin and Dave did a review of it. I don't know much about it. I know that it exists. Um, 
And I know that it got some support, just enough to get him in the field. So congratulations, Fleetwood. The 8-9 matchup in the Northwest. West. Bonwich Cafe, the 8 seed versus George's Gourmet Grill. Now you may say, what? I didn't think George's made it. I thought they were the restaurant that got eliminated in the Blitz prior uh, at the end of the show on Friday when Cook's Cafe made it. Now, that's true. But we were notified that another restaurant that we had in the field at the end of the show Friday, namely Lincoln's Pub, which is a very, very good restaurant, Mm -hmm. on merit alone, definitely deserves to be in. They did not start in Lincoln. They originated in Council Bluffs. Was misled by the name. The name refers to Abraham Lincoln. Not the city. Not the city of Lincoln. Although here it probably could be both, but originally it was about Abraham Lincoln. And so they did not meet our definition of local. No offense to them. I'm going there a lot. Just didn't meet it. And Mm -hmm. so the last team out, the last restaurant out was George's. So George's is in. All right, I got to speed up a little bit. Uh, The 512 in the Northwest, Yaya's versus Tialetti's. Mm -hmm. The 413 in the Northwest, Lead Belly versus Via Amore. The 611, Dish versus Mr. Huiz. The 314, De Leon's versus Taste of Louisiana. The 710, Hacienda Real versus Woody's. The 215, the two-seed there, The Oven versus, yes, the legendary Red Rooster. You made it. (laughs) You are a 15-seed. Best of luck, Ceresco. Now to the southwest, the bottom left side of your bracket, once you get it. We already told you Muchachos is the one seed. They'll be taking on in the first round the 16-seed that is Rosie's. The 8-9 matchup, Sultan's Kite versus Blue Orchid. 5-12 is Tico's versus Cheesesteak Grill. The 4-13, Paisanos versus Breda. Breda getting in this year. Yeah. A little bit of a, a little surprise there. 6 versus 11, Billy's versus Mary Ellen's. The 3-14, Tina's Cafe versus El Chaparro. The 7 versus 10, 9 South Chargrill versus Lee's Chicken. Lee gets Lee's gets in and gets a 10 thanks to an exemption. Uh, and then the 215, the Green Gateau, always been good in Munch Madness versus Lila Mays, a newcomer to Munch Madness. Now up to the Northeast, your one seat, as we said, Isles Pub. They will take on one of several food trucks that made it to the Northeast region that is a uh, canyon joe's barbecue is the 16 in that region isles pub and pizza versus canyon joe the 8-9 matchup in the northeast la paz versus cook's cafe uh the 5-12 matchup honest abes versus soulful cocina that'll be a good one mm-hmm. 4-13 engine house cafe versus motor food the 6-11 casa bovina versus super taco the 3-14 hf craze versus Berea boss Another food truck. Fat uh the seven ten Fat Jack's barbecue versus Taco Inn. And then the two fifteen Hell yeah versus Pork's Done. Another food truck that made it into the northeast. Then to the southeast, the bottom right hand corner of your bracket. One seat as we mentioned, Norm's on forty eighth. They're not gonna have to go very far for their competition. In fact, they might be able to walk out their front doors and look <laughs> at each other right in the eye. Norm's on forty eighth versus rolling walk. That was Kenny's exemption this year, right? Rolling Walk yep, was, Kenny's was Kenny's exemption. Got a little love, too, on the text line. The 8-9, Cactus versus the Eatery. 5-12 is Piedmont Bistro versus Chopsticks. The 4-13 is Ramos Busters versus Vic's Pizza, an all-pizza matchup there. 
6-11, El Toro versus Fortune Palace. The 3-14 venue versus Bee Gees Best. The 7-10 is the Press Box versus Stoffer's Cafe. And then your final matchup, the 2-15, Penelope's Lil Cafe versus Daffodil. So there you go. Your one seeds, <sighs> Laszlo's Isles, Norm's on 48th, and Muchachos, your two seeds, The Oven, Halia, Green Gateau, Penelope's Lil Cafe, your three seeds, De Leon's, HF Crave, uh, uh, Tina's Cafe, and Venue, and then your four seeds are Lead Belly, Engine House Cafe, uh, Paisano's, and Ramos Busters. Those are your four seats. So another way to look at it. And the interesting thing to note as you listed off sixteen there, the the one through four seeds. A top four seed has never won this since we expanded the field to sixty four. Gotta end this year. That's gotta end. Well, I think when when you look at the bracket and you look at the way all of this has been set up, and you guys will be able to to see this bracket on, on KLIN.com. Uh we'll we'll get that all posted this morning. Um but when you go through the first couple of years, yeah, a lot of the, the seeding was based on all of those factors, your feel for them, the longevity, how they've done in previous Munch Madness brackets. This year, a little bit of science came into it as well with previous results. I think that put pushes some of the favorites a little bit further to the top. Yep. Now, you do still have, you had that run from Taco in a year ago. And they're down as a 10 seed. Does that change things up a little bit right. in the Northeast region? You're still going to have some of those. Where are some of the newcomers? You don't know how they're going to fare in the field. It's still plenty exciting. But, man, when we do finally go through and actually make our picks, I think it's it's going to be a little chalky. Because, like, how, how do you not knowing what those previous results have been? Yeah. Um, just looking at the, some of the more interesting, I think, First-round matchups that you've got here uh, right away. This uh, venue, BG's Best matchup, mm-hmm. got my eye. Casa Bovina, Super Taco, I think is a really interesting matchup yeah. in the Northeast. And and then there's the Honest Abe Soulful Casino one in the Northeast is also very interesting to me. And uh, I don't know who's going to come out of that one. I'm really interested to see what happens in La Paz and Cook's Cafe. They met in the first round last year. La Paz was victorious there, but they ended up falling the very next round to Isles. Can Cooks get their first win? They've been in each year. Lost to Engine House back in 2021. Yeah. And then, and and maybe we'll have to take a look at this, but who is the potential norms on 48th this year? Who is the double-digit double seed digit, yeah. that has a chance to make a run at least to the Final Fork or or even further? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to start digging into this. And uh, and see if we can figure this out. So, uh, yes, we're gonna Is have this posted. Is that what we're doing at eight ten? Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, I want to do a little. I, I I might go through and actually run through and and make my predictions here before that gets going. Just, just pure instinct. Just, this one. This yes, one. This like one. This one. That first time you see the NCAA bracket, you just fill it out quickly. <laughs> That's what I do with it. Anyways, pure instinct. Doesn't matter if I've watched them or not. Yeah, and given that I did the seeding, I probably will have the high. It'll probably be pretty chalky mm-hmm. for me because that's what I tried to do with that thing. But I'll pick some some upsets along the way too. Uh, and and uh, I don't know if we'll have this right up. We could also just tweet 
tweet it out too if we, we can wanna, absolutely we get just put it out, out on twitter sure. right now so uh if you follow us at lnk today uh or at i caleb henry or jack mitchell lnk we will uh we'll get these tweeted out right now so you have a chance to take a look at it a little bit later we'll have a couple of versions at klin.com if you want to um, a real online one, looking one, or you want a printable one, we'll get all of that to you as well, so you have a chance to follow along, put it up on your fridge, make your predictions with the family, decide where you want to go out to eat, and let's have some fun with Munch Madness 14. The bracket is now out. The matchups are set. And if you're in Soresco, you can't vote yet. You can't vote yet. <laughs> Voting starts March 1st. So we are giving you ample time to get out patronize these places if there's a matchup you're not sure about well go try them out make your decision you got 10 days to do that before the voting starts so make some plans for that and uh yeah uh, bring an appetite this year big thank you to university of nebraska federal credit union once again presenting sponsor for munch madness 14 also to our bracket sponsor lincoln mattress and furniture company and nebraska prep equipment they are donating a prize to this year's champion Ooh, little little extra little extra skin in the game there for this whole thing very exciting all right 725 will take a break you wonder how campavelka sounded when sam hoiberg stole that ball and took it in for the layup in overtime. Do you think he said got it? He was excited. <laughs> you want to hear this. Stick around. That's next on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, let's get things started on the morning drive. A busy news morning, so let's get going with... Number five. President Biden made an unannounced visit to Ukraine, met with President Zelensky... The visit, a gesture of solidarity just days before the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion. Biden delivered some remarks and met with Zelensky at the Mariinsky Palace. He also announced an additional half billion dollars in U.S. assistance to reassure Ukraine of American and allied support. Uh, the president said, quote, one year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands, democracy stands, the Americans stand with you and the world stands with you, end quote. Got a, a little bit more audio. He did a, a when he said that he did a brief uh, appear. I call it appearance. They had a small press pool that that traveled with him. Obviously, this is a little bit secretive, but talked about Putin too. Here's what he said uh, in Kiev. He thought he could outlast us. I don't think he's thinking that right now. God knows what he's thinking. I don't think he's thinking that. But he's just been playing wrong. So there you go. Um, as you said, spent more than five hours there, consulted with Zelensky, honored the country's fallen soldiers, uh, met with U.S. Embassy staff. They 
had some video that was uh, just coming out of the motorcade and the security detail that went along with right. that. It was huge. <laughs> I oh, yeah. mean, you don't go into a war zone, uh, the president doesn't, without a lot of security. Right, yeah. Like, Especially when U.S. troops aren't that, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like We've had presidents, you know, in the somewhat recent past go into active war zones, but it's where there's a significant U.S. military presence right. when, when that's happened. And so because of that, they had to be very secretive about this entire thing. In fact, they were asked multiple times because the trip was to Poland, as I understand right. it, for later this week. And so there were a lot of questions. Would you consider going in? We know Zelensky has wanted you to come. Oh, you haven't done it to this point. You know, for almost a full year, Zelensky's been yep. wanting the uh, Biden to come there, and they they'd not said yes. They s- indicated to press last week that they were not going to do it. But that was, I think, part of the just misdirection for security detail that they thought they needed to make this incredibly secret. I don't. I can't imagine what all goes into that whole process. I'm a secret trip. I'm sure there was uh, a pretty strong NATO security, if not U.S. security, blending in. Think so? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah. But we are, as as you pointed out, it's about one year um, in the range of as of Friday. One year, one year, fourth. Um, just just a little bit past that. Still going on. You know, the interesting thing we were talking about this earlier, Mark, is. It's hard to imagine. It, it doesn't feel like it's close to ending. I guess no. uh, with this whole thing, you don't see you don't see either side close to conceding or just being sort of beaten into attrition by the other side. Now there are um, just huge number of casualties that are going along with this. Some of the and estimates, if you look at yeah, on both sides. Huge numbers of, of casualties, and those continue to go up. All the amount of life lost in this thing is is just it's hard to comprehend. You know, it's it's six digits of six digits of soldiers on on both sides here. So and a lot of civilians and a lot of civilians as well. That's a good point as well. And without, you know, it almost feels like there's got to be some, I don't know how this looks, but it almost feels like there's got to be at least some level of of negotiations of diplomacy that is going to have to come along with this ending. But it's hard to imagine, it's hard to imagine either side, but the, the sides themselves are going to have, I mean, U.S. isn't going to do that, you know, you know. As a third party unilaterally, they're going to have to sit down and do that themselves if that's a part of this. And either that, it's or not close at this point. Either, either that, or the losses to Russian families of their uh, of their troops. And if it gets bad enough that there's an uprising in Russia, that's they, another one. You yep. know, they, yep. some of there was some thought that that would happen within. Uh, a few months after it dragged. I mean, how many people said this thing would last about a week? Yeah. And after it, as it dragged on over the summer, there were some protests, um, strongly quashed. But at some point, you just don't start losing that many Russians and uh, not have some type of backlash. Yeah. And and maybe that's it too. That's a that's a really good point. All right. Uh, moving on. Number four. Fond remembrances and well wishes for former President Jimmy Carter after he entered hospice care in his home. Among those paying uh, 
homage uh, was his niece, noted the legacy of uh, Carter at uh, Small Baptist Church in Plains, Georgia. He taught Sunday school for decades. Kim Fuller says she doesn't know who will continue that. In Atlanta, people arrived at the Carter Center. Uh, James Culbertson drove his sons an hour to pay their respects. He said wanted to teach them a little bit on how great a humanitarian he was. So it does sound like he is, um, he's got not a long time to go forward now that he has entered hospice care and family is kind of indicating as much with their actions they want privacy understandably in this moment he is 98 years old yes and he has made it through a few pretty significant health scares uh where it it looked like he might not make it through them but he did and uh he and he and rosalind both still alive at at that age here at this point but yes it looks like this will be something that will be a real significant piece of news and, and remembrances going forward probably over the next several days uh, as Jimmy Carter uh, looks like he is in his final days of life right now, which we talked about this earlier, Mark. That'll make uh, Bill Clinton the furthest back surviving president. Yes. I was going to say oldest, but I don't know that no. he necessarily even is the oldest. But no, he the is. The furthest, furthest back uh, in history, surviving president, because obviously Ronald Reagan, uh, George H.W. Bush have both passed on, and then Clinton would have been next, and then George W. Bush, uh, and and of course everybody after that still still Obama living. and Trump, yeah. So that is, uh, yeah, that looks like that'll be a, a he had, major he had an story interesting today. military career. It was uh, Naval Academy and was uh, very involved in, uh, I guess, nuclear science. Mm. Well, and, and a peanut farmer, and peanut farmer, and, and Caleb and I were just talking about it, right, Ni- nineteen eighty one. So you're talking forty years ago. His his elected office when he ended, you know. So what, fifty eight years old? Yep. In that range, something like fifty eight years old, uh, late fifties. It all ended for him. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Trump and Biden. Here they are in their in their upper 70s and their political careers are either still going or just started not that long ago here and he was out of politics at least from running for office perspective and doing a whole bunch of other things the entire second half of, that's the second half of his life yep. we lived in 98 degrees that's a whole half of the 98 years that's the whole half of his life you remember the he, he almost lived long enough post president post uh, being elected to the presidency to be el- to be eligible to run for president again. A second for yeah. the second half of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Remember one of the scandals of his uh and it wasn't well, really a scandal. I don't know, a scandal, I just know inflation was a big big inflation issue then. and then the uh the failed rescue attempt of the hostages yes, in that's Iraq. Right. But uh, remember Billy Beer? Yes. <laughs> well, I don't remember it. I had no hearing of it. I was I was a toddler. Brother Billy. Years. I don't 81 is a little early for me. I remember some football games in 82 and 83, but not much in politics. Oh, that's right, you kids. (laughs) Sorry. All right, next. Number three. Nebraska's men's basketball team, uh, probably the scariest team in the country. Fought through suspect officiating, 10-minute stretch with just one basket. But they were victorious in overtime, 70-66 over the Terps. And shout out to that Pinnacle Bank Arena crowd for making that a major home field advantage. It came through on TV and radio yesterday. I was not there, 
I have been, uh, I have given myself essentially a, a self-imposed ban from Pinnacle Bank Arena for the rest of the conference season because I have attended three games this year. Purdue, well, non-conference games. Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern. Those were all losses. Those are the only losses. And I was there. They won all the rest of them. And I haven't been here to one of those. And so it just, it's a sacrifice, yes. Could I be there? Yeah. Probably could have got some tickets to uh, any of the final games, maybe all the final games. But this is for you, Nebraska basketball. This is for you, long-suffering fan base. This is for you, the state. And so I'll keep myself out of there. You guys need to do your part, and you did on Sunday. Caleb, you were there. Uh, A pretty raucous atmosphere for that game. It was... Now, there was, there was that stretch where it was about 10 minutes where just could not make a basket. And you started to feel the crowd kind of fading a little bit, but they were still there because it wasn't getting out of hand the other direction either. And then you start to crawl back, and the crowd starts to feel it a little bit more. Then you hit a couple shots in the, in the last minute. The crowd's really into it. You get to overtime. Casey hits a three. Everyone is going bonkers. Nebraska's up one. You think, okay. We've all seen this movie, right? You're up one, it's overtime. They're probably going to call a foul or Maryland's going to hit a ridiculous shot. You're just, you got to overtime. You, you did it, guys. Sam Hoiberg with a steal and a layup and the place losing its mind. <laughs> losing its what mind. What a singular moment. Uh, probably the in the Fred Hoiberg era, he probably crystallized to that one most notable now single moment that you can probably think of. He's had big wins, but not so much in in just that one moment, like a buzzer beater, and that's not what that was, but just everything that went with it, and the fact that it was Sam Hoiberg, who was a a end-of-the-bench guy for two-thirds of this season, and then coming in and playing such a vital role after all these injuries, uh, and, and stepping up to the Stepping up to the opportunity mm-hmm. with this whole thing. He's played really, really well for a guy that didn't have a lot of experience. And you look at the wins over this run of four four wins in five games. They've won the last three in a row. You were looking at those wins going, okay, Nebraska's popping the bubble for some of these teams. They're, they're making it really hard for them to make the tournament. Maryland's going to make the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. like, like you, you beat a tournament team is what happened on Sunday. Yep, they're safe. Uh, in this whole thing. Uh, here, Here's how I look at it. Three games left, two at home. Minnesota, Michigan State, one on the road. Iowa. If Nebraska is somehow able to go 2-1 and one in those three games, so either win the two home games or get one of them and also win at Iowa, which will be an uphill task on senior day there at Iowa. But if they could do that, they're probably in a really good spot, no matter what happens in Chicago, to get in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Because they will have clinched a winning record yes. at that point, even with a guaranteed loss in Chicago, uh, even if they lose a game in Chicago, which they probably would in that scenario. So, uh, but that would put them that would put them two games over five hundred going into Chicago. You go, you go, and, and the crazy thing is, there's not there's a real slim margin of error. You go one and two, and probably not. You're good. You would right. really have to go on a run in Chicago to get in the NIT. On the other hand, going the other direction, you go three and zero. You win all of them. Keep this going, and then you pick up maybe that first win in Chicago, and then all of a sudden, 
you start sort of looking at that bubble list. And committees really like when teams are hot. Mm-hmm. They, they really like when teams are hot. They're, they're going to look at uh, you see it happen with the the college football playoff committee in football is where are guys at? Do they have injuries? You're seeing this run happen for Nebraska without two of their starters. Their two best defenders and you're putting out Blaze Cada's going out playing great minutes, locking guys down. He was diving on the floor. He took a charge. Sam Hoiberg is one-on-one against one of the best guards in the conference yeah. for a game winner at the great, end of regulation. Great defense on that play, too. And he yeah. is locking guys down oh, right great now. Great defense there. And you're seeing that across the board. The effort that, that, you're, that you have from this team, it makes them really easy to watch, really easy to cheer for. It's just enjoyable basketball being played right yep. now. Yeah, it's a lot of fun right now, and you haven't been able to say that a lot. And I'll add in, I'm not a fan of the FS1 uh, pronouncers, nor some of the officiating. (laughs) All right, there you go. There you go. Let's let's keep going. Number two. Lincoln East High School football phenomenon, uh, Malachi Coleman. Had a tough early childhood, but once NIL came in and he could profit off name, image, and likeness, he's out to help other kids, and he made national... Network News so this past Friday. Friday night they did a a feature on CBS News and this was really cool. It was following Malachi talking about his story. Uh, they came into Lincoln. They filmed this thing. They came into Lincoln East High School. Uh, did a whole bunch of, of video there yeah. and kind of passed along the story. Um, and it was really it, it, it was it was very cool to see all that on on a national news network yesterday and, and a really cool story with, with what he's doing and his dedication and I um, I know him a little bit I know his family a little bit and some real dedication to you know whatever comes out of the athletic situation here going forward but uh, a commitment to to using the platform and, and some of the benefits that come along with this situation to, to do some good, especially given his situation, which told a little bit of that story, some of the old pictures, some of the things that I hadn't seen. Uh, I thought it was really it was a really powerful, cool piece. So and how he get teamed, online and find it if you haven't and seen it. And how he it. teamed up with Muchachos. Yeah, with Muchachos. Well, and I thought from, from his mom, there was such a great message in there that no matter where we're at in our lives, whether we're a teenager, whether we're approaching retirement, anywhere in between there, it's that message of yeah, you might you might be going through some tough times, but you can put some generosity in the world. Just hold open one door, and that's what she said. And then then that starts a starts a little bit of momentum for you on spreading that generosity and putting a little bit of niceness out into the universe. Yep. Yeah. He's uh yeah he's a he's a good kid, good good family. By the way, all of them LNK today with Jack and Friends listeners too. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Uh, they've been you talking for, for about a, CBS New York for a long time. No, the, <laughs> no. Yes, so, them too. The, uh, I don't know. Well, well, maybe they should be. That's right. We'll see. All right. Number one. Speaking of nice and uh, hungry, yes, the Munch Madness bracket is now sealed in printed form. And uh, has, have you posted Available. it yet? If they via Twitter, I don't know if we've got it up on the website yet. We got it on Twitter. I'll check the website. But it here. is available on on Twitter. If you go to the LNK today, the Twitter, um, and I will retweet it from KLIN too to get it there. But yes, you can you can now take a look at it. Uh, Caleb and I are going to do a little bit more analysis on this coming up at eight ten. I've gone through and I've made my picks for this year. 
I filled it all out. Full bracket. Now, again, my seeds on this were based, really based on who I thought would be the favorite based on what I know about the vote at KLIN.com and how it usually goes. But I also understand it's not going to be completely chalk the whole way. So I did throw some so upsets in You there. told me you had CBS. chalk for like the the whole first round. I had a lot. And you were like, wait a minute. I can't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> you think you've really got this one down? I, good? I, lo- I feel good. Uh, let me tell and you And now this. a 13 seed wins it. I have got some new restaurants in the final fork. Well, I will just I tell you that real new I, I hope it's better than what you thought we'd get last Thursday morning when we started the show Thursday, expecting a couple of inches. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. Okay. An hour and a half later, guys, this is going to get wild. Are we still really going back to that? I apologize. It wasn't miss- that bad when I well, went I, out. I had an interesting conversation <laughs> in church yesterday about your denial. Okay. <laughs> well, number one, in church you should be nice, so I oh, hope you... I- I hope you did that. I hope there was no... Well, actually, it was at breakfast after church. So. Oh, okay. Well, then you can be a real jerk. <laughs> yeah, then, then you're free. Go ahead. Let it fly, then. God's not at breakfast. He doesn't care. Just kidding. All right, 7.55. We will uh, we'll take a break. He also uh, cares about Munch Madness. We'll see. All right. 7.55. He doesn't like you calling the bracket garbage. I know that. It's 7.55. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts live from the momo pizzeria and ristorante studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city this is lnk today with jack and friends on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin the bracket is out munch madness 14 brought to you by university of nebraska federal credit union and uh, the bracket sponsor this year, Lincoln Mattress and Furniture Company. And we have put it out now. It is available on our Twitter accounts if you want to go there. Shortly available at KLIN.com. You can take a look at it. Uh, we ran the whole thing down at 710. And now Caleb and I have had a chance to spend some time with it uh, in a way that isn't just making it, but is kind of <laughs> right. thinking about what the outcome will be. And so I thought we would take a little trip through it region by region, discuss who's in there, discuss the key matchups, and what we expect to happen. So uh, let's do that, shall we? Uh, Caleb, let's start in the Northwest. Your top four seeds in the Northwest, 
Well, you know what? I can just go through and, and give you all the matchups, actually. 1 versus 16, Laszlo's versus Fleetwood. 8 versus 9, Bonwich versus George's Gourmet Grill. 5 versus 12, Yaya's versus Tia Letty's. 4 versus 13, Led, Bella, Led Belly versus Via Amore. 6 versus 11, Dish versus Mr. Huiz. 3 versus 14, De Leon's versus Taste of Louisiana. 7-10, Hacienda Real versus Woody's. 2-15, The Oven versus Legendary Red Rooster in Ceresco. Laszlo's is the chalk pick here. Caleb, I know Laszlo's is, I mean, you look at what they've done. They've they've typically run into someone at the very end that's knocked them out, but maybe this is the year for Laszlo's. Yeah, they, as we said last hour when we unveiled the bracket, this is as impressive a resume as anyone has who has not won the thing. And and that's the way it is. And obviously, um, we'll get to muchachos and norms a little bit later. But I still think Laszlo's is getting to the eight eight. But I don't think they make the final you don't, four. Okay, I have them to the eight, but not the four either. And I am really curious if we have the same from the bottom of the dish, or excuse me, the bottom of the. I've read the word dish while I said that. <laughs> uh, the bottom of the the bracket. I bet you have the same one that I. So do. I've got Laszlo's over Lead Belly to make the E date. Me too. And I've got Daily Owns over Red Rooster. <laughs> I've got Daily Owns over the Oven, and I've got. W- I have Daily Owns in, in the final four. Me too. <laughs> and they're a little hard to read because they haven't been in the field before. But I just think combination of because it's a uh, name recognition. And and if you missed it earlier, we made the ruling this year that De Leon's Mexican food mm-hmm. is not a regional chain, but De Leon's Taco Rico is, and that they're two entities. I know it's splitting hairs a little bit, but I think technically, according to our rules, that's the appropriate ruling. But I do think the Taco Rico's help it, help De Leon's as well, because it's all thought of as the same brand. And so I think... Because they're all over the place, name recognition is high, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's you know sometimes places that would be looked on as more accessible do better in the Munch Madness tournament. And I'll you know, say this: drive-throughs, fast food, a lot of people in college going to Daily Owns. I just I kind of like Daily Owns to do it too. That I've got Daily Owns into the Final Four. I'm not surprised if Laszlo's makes the championship. Yeah. Laszlo's uh, De Leon. Do you see anybody else who could make that run? Well, you you there, wonder based what, on what we know. You wonder what you're going to get out of Soresco. I know it's really hard once you get outside of the city of Lincoln in the the later rounds. We saw Denton Daly double pick up a couple of wins before. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's really hard to make those runs beyond the second round. Yes, uh, and and even if you've got a huge performance on Selection Friday, which they did. But who knows? We'll see. If, they got uh, a tough matchup with the oven in the first round. The other, my other, my other potential, uh, Caleb, Final Fork uh, restaurant out of this re- region, the four seed Lead Belly yep, is the other. That's one. exactly what I was going to point to. They've uh, they've gotten at least one win. They're three and two over the last two years in this tournament. Okay, all right. So there you go. That is the Northwest. We both have daily owns but again a bit of an unknown quantity there at least in this tournament laszlo's on paper probably the favorite Mm -hmm. as the one seed but daily owns maybe uh maybe they can make a run at it we'll see they got a taste of louisiana in the first round that's not an easy matchup in the first round really not it isn't all right uh so now we go to the bottom left of your bracket if you're following along south e southwest 
Um, all right, your matchups, 116, Muchachos Rosies, 8-9, Sultan's Kite, Blue Orchid, 5-12, Tico's Cheesesteak Grill, 4-13, Paisano's Breda, 6-11, Billy's Mary Ellen's, 3-14, Tina's El Chaparro, 7-10, 9 South Char Grill, Lee's Chicken, 2, Green Gateau, 15, Lila Mays. Um... I went with a one seed in this one. Yeah, same here. <laughs> we got, it's so it hard. It feels to, like yeah, so hard to pick against muchachos. But on the way there, I've got them over Paisanos in the savory sixteen, and then on the bottom portion of that bracket, I've got Green Gateau over Billy's Restaurant. Okay, so I went with some upsets here. Can you tell me how Paisanos has done historically in this thing? Yeah, so Paisanos back in 2021, they actually picked up a couple of wins over Isara and Highway Diner before falling to Laszlo's. Last year, Paisanos made an eat eight run over Sultan's Kite, Billy's Restaurant, Green Gateau before wow. falling to Muchachos. Wow. And they fell to Muchachos last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think Paisanos at that four seed maybe is your best shot. Outside of outside of the one seed, now I get Green Gateau is a two, and they've done well in this thing. Um, and then you also have Tina's Cafe, which has done really well historically in this yeah, competition have. too, haven't they? That's that's why they're all the way up at a three. Tina's made the eat eight in twenty twenty one. Last year they bowed out to Nine South Char Grill in the first round. Okay, but I also think um, I think Green Gateau, I think Lila Mays could be an upstart at fifteen. Mm-hmm. New. A lot of interest, a lot of really good reviews, could have momentum, kind of a Norms on 48 thing going there with them at 15, so that could be a hard first-round matchup there for Green Gateau. And then other than that, you know, Tico's, you got, I mean, you got some long-time name recognition right. place you, with you Tico's, Tico's, Lee's Chi- Chicken, Billy's. Well, you can even add in, uh, you've seen a, a groundswell for Cheesesteak Grill before. Like, there, there is a lot of... This is a tough bracket. There's a lot of popularity within within this region. I mean, Nine South Char Grill at a seven. I think they've got. How have they? Uh, what's their history? And have they? Uh... So Nine South, they've gone one and one each year. They okay. haven't made it past the second round, but huh. they ran into Denton Daily Double a couple years ago. Ran into the Green Gateau last year. Okay, which is who they would match up in the second round. Mm-hmm. It'd be a rematch in that case. If that would happen. All right. So we both have muchachos. So far, we have the same final (laughs) fork. All right. Now up to the top right part of your bracket. That would be the Northeast. Uh, All right. uh, One Isles Pub and Pizza versus Canyon Joe Barbecue. 16, 8, 9 is La Paz versus Cook's Cafe. 512, Honest Dave's versus Soulful Casino. 413, Engine House Cafe uh, versus Motor Food. 611, Casa Bovina versus Super Taco. 314, HF Crave versus Berea Boss. 710, Fat Jack's Barbecue versus Taco Inn. 215, Heoya versus Porkstun. A lot of food trucks in this region. This was kind of the one where I put a lot of the food trucks because it was a little... Uh, you could move some just, around we to We needed make the some spots work. to fill out the, the Northeast. But this one, I think, this one was probably the easiest for me of, of any of them. Okay. I I I I think this is the year for the Isles. Oh, do you? I think this is the year for the Isles as the one seed. I think a combination of some success with their uh, paths the last two years. What? How have they done the last two years? So in 2021, they actually fell to HF Crave in the second round. Okay. And- HF Crave made the championship before ultimately succumbing to Muchachos. There last year it was a Final Fork run. Fell to Norms. I don't know. I just. And and they ran into the Norms Express train last year. 
I just have a feeling with a neighborhood that supports him a lot, right? Uh, long time name recognition. Pizza places do well in this thing, I think. I like Isles. I like Isles to come out of that. Who do you have in this? So here's America? the thing about Isles. They've been knocked out by HF Crave and Norms. Hell yeah has been knocked out by HF Crave and Norms. Okay. Now, Norms, Hell, isn't, Norms isn't in their region, and, and Nor- but the other three are. Correct. I have Hell yeah to the final four. Really? I have them over Isles in that Eat 8. I just after after getting runner up last year, I think there's still a lot of momentum for them. All right, um, and then uh, the other savory sixteen I have in there, and uh, I have Isles over Engine House and Hell yeah over HF Crave. So I have some double digit seeds going a, a ways here in in this one, I, or not? Well, I got Fat Jacks going all the way to the E eight this year. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of an upset there. Also, have Super Taco winning, uh, winning a couple of you matchups. You don't think as Taco well. Win's going to get past the first round after their know. their run last year? It's true, they made the eat eight. I don't know. I think we'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then the other question is: Honest Dave's is sitting there at a five. HF Crave is sitting there at a three. You would think both of them completely capable of winning this side too, right? Yeah, Honest Dave's is three and two all time. In in the bracket, but they did lose to Engine House last it, year, and that's a potential second round matchup. And for Engine them. House won this whole thing years ago. So, despite the fact that I was trying to find restaurants to fill this in and put some of the food trucks there, those top five, um, those top five, I think Isles, Halia, uh, let's see, number three is HF Crave, four Engine House, five Honest Dave's. That might be the toughest. Top five of any of the regions. It's a, it's a, yeah, this is this is a really really deep and top heavy region. And yeah. then then once you start to add in some of those like like the motor food and the Canyon Joes, uh, even pork's done. There are enough newcomers. We don't know. Yeah, that, they're that you unpredictable. You just really don't know. Yeah, those are super unpredictable. That's the that is always the wild card. Is how do the newcomers <laughs> do? All right, then we go to the bottom right, the final region, the southeast region. No longer a newcomer here. Yes, uh, we made him. Yeah, I mean, they're a champion. I I feel like, was, did I overreact on this? I don't know. They haven't lost. They're on a winning streak. Norm's yeah, you're, on, you're number one till you lose. Norm's on 48th is a one seed. They take on their neighbor, Rolling Walk. In the 116, 8-9 is Cactus versus Eatery. 512 is Piedmont Bistro versus Chopsticks. 413 is Ramos Busters versus Vic's Pizza. 611 is El Toro versus Fortune Palace. 314 is Venue versus BG's Best. 710 is Press Box versus Stoffers. And then 215 is Penelope's versus Daffodil. The big question is Does Norms, does do it norms again? keep it going? Uh it's hard to imagine this, the the run being duplicated all the way through again. You know, th- there was a, there was some novelty to it. Again, they were the hunted hunter. Now they are the hunted mm-hmm. in this thing as the one seed in the southeast, and you've got competition too. But it's hard. That's the other thing, though. Uh, unlike un- unlike that northeast, where I could see any of the top five seeds winning this bracket, I don't know that I see that. In the southeast, yeah, the, the depth is a little bit different here. Norms, Penelope's, which Penelope's always goes on big runs. They've the made back to back eight eights. Little engine that could always is Penelope's. So not to not to 
degrade their chances. Three, venue, which will always get some wins, but never really is a contender to win the whole thing. They, they've only got the, one win each year the, so far. The, the populism thing hurts that one a little bit. Ramos Busters is the four, maybe. Piedmont they, Bistro, I mean, yeah. sort of the same thing as, as obviously as, as venue potentially and how you take a look at that. And and then, by the way, you happen to have those three restaurants in that bracket that are all owned by the same group, but <laughs> uh, in Cactus, Piedmont, Bistro, and Venue. I don't know. I don't really see. In fact, I, this is the one where I see somebody completely random coming out okay. of it if Norm falls. And you, I, I picked someone completely random. Okay, what's your what's your savory sixteen? My savory sixteen on this one, I got uh, Norms versus Vix. Okay, and Venue versus Penelope's. So I've got Norms versus Ramos Busters, and El Toro versus Penelope's. Ooh, okay, and then I have Norms getting knocked out. I this is me sort of putting some thought on year one to year two is going to make a big difference here. I've got Vix beating Norms. Okay. I got Vix as a 13 seed beating Norms and matching up with Venue in the Eat 8 matchup. I've got Norms taking on Penelope's. Okay. And then, like I said about Venue, always good for a win or two, but don't seem to have the, again, I just, I think it's kind of that populism thing. I'm taking Vix. I am taking Vix as a 13 seed. To get to the final fork this year. The Lil Cafe that could, can, and will. Final fork this year for Penelope's. All right. So we are not, we're same on the left, different on the right. Right. My final fork prediction is De Leon's, Muchachos, Isles, and Vicks. Yours is? De Leon's, Muchachos, Hell Yeah, Penelope's. All right. You can do the same. Let us know what your predictions are for the final fork. Let us know what you would like to see. These aren't necessarily what I would like to see, but this is just kind of my prediction on the voting. That's my role with this whole thing. And get to the web, download this thing, print it off, get it up there on the refrigerator as we go through the next few weeks. Voting's going to start on March 1st. You've got time to try out the places you're not aware of. And I know there are places that you're not aware of on here because there's several places I wasn't aware of. Real quick, what, what do you think happens with the championship out of your final fork? I've got... I've got De Leon's versus the Isles in the championship. I've got Muchachos against Hell Yeah. A repeat? Or no, uh, yeah, well, two repeat finalists for the last two years then. Yeah. And they've each been making the championship. Yeah. And I'm, take, I'm, taking, I'm taking Isles this year. I think this is Isles' year. Muchachos gets their second title. Ooh. They already got one big plaque. Are they going to get another one on the wall? We will see. 826. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. In wintertime, you can have severe storms. Check closings and cancellations. Can't be up to date on the weather. At KLIN.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Urologist Malcolm Byron. 
He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. Well, so, I mean, some of that is, we're going to have to update that, aren't we? We're just going to have to have changed that. I'll get, At that. Least for I'll the, get that up. You know, it's just a few more weeks, I think, that we're going to do it anyway. So <laughs> who really, you know, who really cares anyway? It was mainly true. <laughs> Good morning, Dirk. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jack. I got to tell you, the biggest gut punch of all gut punches would be the Nebraska basketball team waits for me to leave the <laughs> Omaha World Cup and immediately runs off the greatest run in school history. You can't. You, you have make, no outlet. To make the NCAA tournament, and I have no ability to cover the event. I have no outlet, no platform. I didn't even think they, of this. This is yeah, great. I've, this is great. This, so this will be it for you. Is this is this is whatever itch that would have been scratched by you writing? I mean, I can just imagine the column right now. If Nebraska finishes unbeaten, gets two wins in Chicago, and somehow scrapes in, I mean, the the tapestry of words that you would weave together uh, in print that could be done, and we'll never get to see. And instead, we'll just get you know like twelve minutes with you here on Monday mornings afterwards to try and do that. That's all well, we get. Not only that, I'm I'm already planning in, under that scenario. I'm planning like, you know, writing a newsletter to the neighborhood, uh, <laughs> longhand, longhand. <laughs> I mean, Jack, Jack, this is not. I, I swear to you, this is true. This is as vivid in my memory as anything in my life. It's it's senior year uh, of of high school, and I'm trying to figure out where to make a college decision, where to go to school, and uh, Danny, Danny V was, was about to get fired. Uh, and I'm talking to my dad and we're like, you know, I feel like the basketball program, you know, with, with getting rid of knee, I feel like it's just, you know, it's, it's getting ready to launch. I mean, this could be a really fun time to go down to, to Nebraska and be a UNL student. And here we are 23 years Jeez. later, Jack, 23 it's years crazy. later. Crazy. Yeah, I remember. I remember that that March very well too. That that same exact time I was already in college. But holy cow! And and here we are. Uh, by the way, and 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 by the way, just to clarify for those who didn't know, we were referring to Dirk is ending his time at the World Herald, and he'll be talking later about what he's doing next. I suspect at some point. But but my question for you is, Dirk, what kind of texts and calls do you get? Uh, it, which I'm sure you've been handling for like the last three, four days, nonstop. What are people asking? What are they? What are they saying to you? Do they even know what to say in this situation? Um, it's it's been a lot of very. I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to think of a Polini joke. Um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, get somebody to ask it, a good it, question it, on this interview. Yes, there you go. That, that that'd be good. It, it's uh, it's a very sincere round of congratulations. Um, and probably in some ways it kind of feels like attending my own eulogy, I guess, hmm. uh, which, you know, is it, honestly, it's not what I expected. Um, not because I thought people were going to be negative, but just, you know, people, people leave jobs all the time and they leave the industry all the time. And, um, you know, 18 years is a long time. I've been, I've been working at the world Herald off and on, uh, the first couple of years was kind of off and on during college. So it's been, it's been a solid two decades. And, um, 
I think people, you know, recognize that, that I grew up here and, um, agree or disagree, really, really care deeply about, you know, not necessarily whether they won or lost, but just care deeply about what happened. Um, you know, and and the job meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me and I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. I'm not, you know, going to be, I'm not going to be an accountant, but, um, it's, it is going to be odd not having a, a daily voice to, to sort of say what I think. And the, the, the cool part is that that, that meant a lot to other people. Um, and it has been, it's been, uh, I don't know, in some ways humbling and in some ways kind of invigorating to, to think of, okay, uh, I, I probably need to, <laughs> to keep writing in some form because, um, you know, it, it was, uh, you got noticed. So yeah, I think you know. I, I for all the people that I know, listen. I'm not immune to getting cr- critics constantly too. I just put this bracket out that's going to get absolutely killed. But you know, you've <laughs> you've gotten plenty of criticism over the years for for readers. But I like there's sort of a line to. I mean, there are some people who just you know completely hate us, can't stand our guts. Anything. But there's also like a different level of. Uh, you know, I, 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 I often disagree with this guy, what he's saying. I like to poke at him, but I'll sort of miss him when he's gone too. Like there's a, that presence of that voice is out there. And I think that might be part of what you're, you're getting with this whole thing too. So deep down, deep down, some of the, the haters actually would rather you're just around, I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'll be honest, we, we can overstate the hater stuff. I mean, it's, you know, people. We like to draw attention. I, I don't like to draw attention to that, but um, you know the, those those incidents of are, are pretty pretty unusual. Oh no, it's, lots of people hate you. No, lots. <laughs> you, I wouldn't. I, you must not be reading the right places. There's you are widely you are widely disliked. Uh, don't don't okay. don't mince words at all. I was sort of I was sort of work, I was sort of working through this in my therapy sessions, Jack, and that now I have to go back and reevaluate. What the therapist but, just told you to minimize and act like it's not happening? No, it's everywhere. Jeez. But but and I, I hope I'm not you know saying um, something that uh, I, I probably should keep in house, but it's a reminder I think that when you when you make yourself a very small part of people's lives. Uh, whether it's the bus driver or, you know, the person at the coffee shop or, um, you know, the teacher at your kid's school or whatever it is, like it just, and then, and then that person, you know, people sort of experience you in a very small way on a routine basis and what they miss or what they're, what they're going to miss is routine, right? Like when something in the routine changes, mm-hmm. it, it affects yeah. people. Yeah. And I think, it's a, it's a reminder to me that I need to be, you know, an active member, uh, in, in community, in, in the state, in the journalism community, whatever it is, uh, in the church, in the school. Cause the more we put ourselves out there and are just part of people's routine, you know, the, the more positive impact that, that has. So, uh, it was sort of, in, the, the reaction was actually kind of inspiring. Cause it's like, okay, I know people didn't necessarily love, you know, every word or, or didn't read every column. That's right. not what it was about. It was just, it was about sort of being part of people's routine in a very small way. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that is something that we should, I should personally, um, try to replicate on a, 
on an, on another scale or on a, in a different way. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, wow, you know, when you're, when you, when your kids change bus drivers, you know, that matters. Like it, cha- you, mm-hmm. you, uh, you remember that person, you, they leave an impact. So, um, at 41 years old, thinking about the next 20 years and about what I'm going to do, uh, the response over the last, you know, three or four days has, has been inspiring in that way. Cool. Uh, well, well, very good. I'm, I'm hoping that can whatever, we talk, can we finally talk? Yes. Basketball? Yeah, we can. I was just going to say, I mean, I had the transition going and you had to jump all over it there, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we continue to have these opportunities for me to ridicule you. I mean, do you believe that this guy, this Dirk Chatlin, who used to write for the Omaha world Herald mocked me openly on my own show, uh, what, two weeks ago, because I said, you know, I think maybe just you, 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 you keep you keep going with the way you are just because there's so much promise for what Casey Tomanaga and others are doing. And I guess I've been totally vindicated. I don't know if you want to apologize or what you want to say now, but the floor is yours. Jack, not only that, but if you go back a year ago to, oh, my gosh, it was exactly today. It was exactly today, I think. Uh, I wrote this big, long column in the World Herald about how Nebraska had, um, you know, finally invested in, cow- in in men's basketball. They built the arenas. They'd spent money on coaching, and they were worse off than ever before. And what a what a kick in the nuts, you know, that reality is. And mm-hmm. you know, and then they, I think uh, Trev had just announced that he was keeping Fred Hoiberg, and and I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't disrespectful in my response to that or analysis of that, but. Uh, but I thought that was a mistake. You know, I, I didn't think Fred had demonstrated that this thing could be fixed. And, you know, they basically went, he, he flipped almost everything in, in 52 weeks. And I don't mean, you know, obviously I don't mean they're an NCAA tournament team, but just, just sort of the emotion, the visceral emotion that they summon from the fan base, uh, that they generate, that they inspire. Uh, it's a completely different basketball program. You know, and I don't just mean that because his walk-on son is out there. I mean, right. it just it brings you all these warm and fuzzy feelings. It's like uh, they're like they're sort of like a cast of a sitcom where everybody has like a different <laughs> little role. Yes. Like yeah. Sam Hoiberg. Sam Hoiberg is like the you know the fuzzy neighbor, and Casey Tomanaga is like the Ur- he's like the Urkel character. Uh, I mean, it's so funny, Jack. <laughs> How are they winning basketball games? It makes no sense. Sam Greasel sat on the bench for like 14 minutes yesterday in the second half. They completely collapsed. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, Fred's keeping him on the bench too long. He's keeping him on the bench yep. too long. What, you know? And I still think he kept him on the bench too long, and they figured, <laughs> they figured it out anyway. It, it doesn't make any sense, and it's so wonderful that it doesn't make any sense. Yes. It's just the most, it's the most gleefully joyous experience uh, in a small 10-day snippet, it reminds me so much of that 2014 run uh, to the NCAA tournament. But in this case, they're even more shorthanded. The margin for error is even smaller. Uh, it's just a delight. Well, right, because that one felt, I mean, that one felt, I don't know, legitimate is the right word, but there was a contrast with that one in that, yeah, I, I think they caught fire, but the way that they did it with the way, you know, Petaway and 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 Pitchford and and some of those young guys. I don't know. There was a little bit of a, di- a different feel. It didn't feel like you had all these completely um, uh, disparate sort of characters and styles coming into one like this one does. Yeah, it's. I mean, Jack, 
Sam Hoiberg was the, probably the best player on the court yesterday in the last few minutes of the game. Sam Hoiberg. Defending one of the best scoring guards, locking him down uh, at the end of regulation, and he had been, he was the guy, Dirk, he was the guy, we've all seen it at high school basketball games, 45 seconds left, and they empty the bench, and the the kid who's the senior on the team who never gets to play comes in, and everyone's like, let him shoot, let him shoot. That was Sam Hoiberg for two-thirds of the season, and now you're saying he might have been the best player on the court during most of the game or a part of the game yesterday. Against that in itself is that's absurd. Against the NCAA tournament team, Blaze Kata, who can't stay healthy, Derek Walker, who's like 24 years old, and everybody thought he was, you know, just a rebounder uh, a year or two ago. You know, Sam Greasel, hometown kid who came from the Summit League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keisei Tomonaga, who is the Japanese Steph Curry, and I really thought he should have been Nebraska Wesleyan Steph Curry a year ago. Uh <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You said that. I forgot. Man, you had a bad career. Jeez. Uh, (laughs) It's great because you're right. You're exactly right. The way you're describing it, though, is exactly right. Like, normally you'll see a college basketball team, and there's like, I don't know how to even describe it, but there's like this sort of similar... Uh, I don't know. They kind of a lot of players come from the same place or have like the same sort of journey through being a high school you know, three star or or something like that, right? It is what I mean. What an amalgamation of different backgrounds and roles this team is. When you think about Jack, it, the more you think about Jack, it, Breidenbach. Jack. You didn't even mention Breidenbach. <laughs> Jack, the first round draft pick or whatever Bryce was. Uh, who who was supposed to save the program was there watching yesterday do something that he and his team could not do a year ago. He was there celebrating as an NBA player watching Sam Hoiberg beat Maryland. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? I know. Which, by the way, I, it really warmed my heart that those, I don't know why, it really warmed my heart that those guys came back for this. Like, there's not, it feels like you're just going to have a lost era of alumni you know, it's not like it's it's not like Hanif Cheatham is going to be hanging around cheering on this team for years to come. So it was uh, th- that was something that was that was cool to me. You don't and think Matej really Kavas is coming? I don't back? think Matej Kavas is coming and 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 coming to the reunions in future years. Hey, Kavas, some, if you're listening, the fact that, me. but the fact that Bryce McGowan's in his you know first time off in a long time now that he's got money decided to do this, hang out with a bunch of old Nebraska basketball players uh, over the weekend and go to the games. I don't know. For some reason, that was really heartwarming to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is going to sound super patronizing, and I don't. I mean, I, I mean it sincerely. I think the way that people here respond to, endure, almost celebrate, uh, you know, struggles is is oddly unifying and in a way like builds loyalty to people who go through it. Like, mm-hmm. I think Casey Tominaga is going to have a feeling for this place that he wouldn't have for almost any other place if he, if he went through it somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know? Because it it just people stick with you. I mean, probably to a fault, right? But like, let's Camp Pavelka is one of my favorite people on earth. Uh, speaking of people who are part of your routine, who you miss, you know, if and when they leave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I be, I've been listening to Kent for you know thirty, forty years now, whatever it is. Um, and just my my dad and I shared a phone call yesterday after the game and we were just laughing at, at Kent's reaction, you know, and what it, 
what it meant to sort of what it meant to us to feel that joy in his voice. And he hasn't, my dad called it. He goes, I think Ken about had a stroke. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Uh, but it means something to you because you know how much people, you know, stuck with it and how much they care about it and how yeah. much they care about it with no reward. That's the beauty of it, right? Yep. It's not, there are, there are passionate fans everywhere. But it's it's the ability and the willingness to stick with something, to devote yourself something with very little reward. And I think that, you know, first of all, I hope that pays off someday in something big. But second of all, I just think it builds, uh, it makes it more special when success actually comes and it builds devotion and loyalty among people that go through it. Uh, play it again, Caleb. Go ahead. Hard inbounds and it's an intercepted pass and Sam Weiberg got it! I'm going to pass out. 67, 64, Nebraska. He went, he went, got it on a layup. I'm going to pass out. Well, he was talking about in, in the pregame that he has to take his watch off because if his heart rate starts going so high, it alerts his family. <laughs> so then he says on air, I'm going to oh, pass. It's so good. It's so and, good. And, and guys, how about the wonderful contrast? Between that and Fred Hoiberg, who literally has a heart condition where he has to moderate himself so he can't get excited. Right. Uh, that just, I mean, if this isn't a sitcom cast, I don't know what is. Yeah. This is just, this is beautiful. Yep. Bryden Box, the wacky neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Between Walker and Breitenbach, it feels like uh, you, you've got a strong church league, uh, YMCA league style of play between the two of them as well. Uh, yeah, so much. And and we probably don't, I don't have time to get into this, but here, maybe this sets us up for next week if, you know, but hopefully next Monday we're after talking. They've won five, after they've won five well, in a row. Well, yeah. they actually are going to go into a game where they'll be favored this, this coming weekend against Minnesota. But the crazy thing is, Man, the coaching seemed so bad for three years, right? It seemed uh, awful. Off, awful. It seemed so bad. And now it's not only one turnaround, but it's like two good coaching turnarounds in one season that are very different from one another. Yeah. That's the yeah. weird contrast about this whole thing. And what do you do with that as a whole picture? Right. And, no, and, and I know. And I like I don't I'm not saying I mean I think the decision is made now. He's staying, but like there are a lot of people who wanted to look at the entire picture and say you gotta kinda react to what happened in those three years. Yet on the own this season on its own, this season is kind of amazing what he was yeah. able to do from a coaching perspective. No, they they absolutely squeezed everything out of it. Um and it's it's such a so different than what you know, what the last three years were like. Uh, the real interesting question is going to be when this is all over, you know, and they've won the NIT. And, uh, but, but how do you how do you sort of capture this this spirit, this verb, this uh, whatever you want to call it that that produced this run of of joy and success? How do you carry that over to to really a new roster? Because yeah. um, I don't know what that looks like, Jack. I don't know if you can replicate, you know, Sam Greasel and, uh, you know, Derek Walker. And, you know, it's it's going to be really odd, I think, when, when Fred sits down after the season and says, okay, what's next? Because right. I'm not sure I know what, well, what next is. You know, number one is they've got to keep Casey around. And I don't, I mean, that is, 
that's going to be so key to so much about this program and and just sort of and honestly about the the visibility of this program nationally too i think he will become if he continues to do what he's doing there's going to be more and more and more interest and exposure uh for nebraska uh, which i think will be a good thing but I don't know. I would say Japan is probably beckoning at this point yeah. to go and make some money and, and maybe set yourself up for a chance at the NBA. So I don't know. I hope what you said earlier that being it being here as, uh, as opposed to somewhere else is important to him because he's not making any NIL money. So no, they're and you know they're due to have some good things happen to him. We've been saying to that for say twenty five years now. Uh, all right. Well, uh, good conversation. Dirk is, uh, Dirk is committed to hanging with us through the basketball season. And, uh, I think that's a good choice because it's going to be interesting. And uh, we get to celebrate Gretna State Championship win over Lincoln East, which would be great. <laughs> wow. Bellevue West. You just bulletin board material for Bellevue West, <laughs> which they don't need. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. We'll talk next week, Dirk. Have a good one. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good Dirk Chatlin. Not Tuesday also should be a dry day, a mix of sun and clouds with highs perhaps in the 50s once again. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. The bracket is now up at KLIN.com. So you can get it via the uh, via Twitter accounts or just go to the web, KLIN.com. Print that thing out. Put it on the fridge. Make your picks. How do they compare to our picks? And start making your eating out lists for the next several weeks. Voting starts March 1st, so you've got time.